0: This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. Hello, this is Matt. Mark, Mark, James, Mel, Zach. This is David. This is talking Tucker. Hello listeners, welcome back for another episode of PSG Talking. I'm your host Ed, and joining me today is PSG Talk contributor Paula Henderson. Uh, She is located in Paris, and um, we have have her here to talk about what life is like in Paris uh, during the coronavirus pandemic, and we're going to talk with her a little bit about football and maybe even a little bit of what to watch on Netflix if you're a football fan. So first, Paula, how are you doing?
1: Hi, guys. Um, Welcome. I'm doing okay, uh, all things considered.
0: Well, great. Well, we've been trying to get this uh, podcast scheduled for a little while, but it's been a little bit crazy. I've got a, a house full of people, and it's loud, and it's not always conducive for uh, podcasting, but everyone's quiet for now. But if you hear a baby screaming in the background, I apologize. Um, and,
1: and I swear it's not me.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm just pulling up the latest map here, and France has been one of the hardest hit countries by the coronavirus. Um, to date, there's been more than 50,000 confirmed cases and 3,500 deaths in just in France alone. Um, here you're, where I'm based in the United States, and you also have spent some time in Chicago, um, the U.S. has been the hardest-hit country. We have more than 190,000 confirmed cases. But this is a PSG podcast, so we want to talk about what life is like in France. We've seen several PSG players have left. Um, Paris. Uh, Tiago Silva, um, Edison Cavani, and Neymar all went back to South America. I believe Mitchell Bakker went back to the Netherlands, and um, Keeler Navas went to Costa Rica. And just recently, and I do want to get your thoughts on this, Maro Cardi and his family went to um, back to northern Italy, which is kind of the epicenter of the virus outbreak in Italy. So they have fled the city, but you remain. So just kind of walk us through what life is like, what you are allowed to do, what you're not allowed to do, and just kind of a, a, a bustling city like Paris, what it's like. You know, you look outside your window and it's just completely yeah. quiet.
1: Yeah. Well, first, let me tell you that uh, just like PSG players, I was able to get away. But before the lockdown started, before everything started to get out of control, because I think this is how it can be described right now uh, the virus is out of control hence the lockdown so um, actually last month was my birthday month I was able to um, go to the French island of Martinique in the Caribbean and that was before they had any cases of the coronavirus so for two weeks I was living blissfully away from everything going on hikes um, going to the beach and of course watching PSG beat Dortmund in the Champions League so that was like uh, you know that great moment of freedom and happiness and then I came back and the day after France announced the lockdown for two weeks uh, so I came back on March 16th and um, I went shopping for food without hoarding toilet paper you know <laughs> but I got enough to get by for a while and the next day the lockdown started it was at first announced until the end of March so yesterday but in the meantime it was actually uh extended through April 15th, mm-hmm. but from what I've heard in different circles, that's not the end. It's not going to be April 15th. It's probably going to be a lot longer than that. Not surprisingly. So, you know, it's it's not easy for, uh, for anyone right now, anywhere in the world, mm-hmm. if you talk to people. Um, France is, like you said, one of those countries with the highest number of cases. And um, not to scare anybody, you know, but... Um, I think we need to really take this seriously. So I've been doing just that um, ever since coming back. So since March 16th, two weeks and, and counting, I've been out one time to do more grocery shopping. Yeah. And the thing is, um, you know, France is big on paperwork, so this is no exception. <laughs> um, and there's a government website that has a form, um, attestation de déplacement, So this is a form that we need to have with us, filled out and signed if we want to go out. And we have to mark what reason uh, we have for being outside. And the form has been... changed already, edited one time, Um, but generally we can go out to go uh, for essentials, you know, we can go shopping, we can go to a pharmacy, see a doctor, Um, if we have some kind of jury duty or something like this, or if we need to take care of uh, people in need, or if we have to go to work, of course, because not all professions allow for remote work. Mm -hmm. Luckily, mine does. Um, But there are, I think, eight reasons Why we can be be out, and one of them is actually uh, what's called the individual physical activity. So you can go for a jog or power walk, but you better be dressed accordingly. It cannot just be like walking around being the Flanners in Paris. No, that's not going to happen. And this form is pretty strict. Uh, It cannot be on the phone. Um, You have to put in your name, your address, where you were born, Uh, the time you're leaving your apartment or your house uh, because you cannot really be out for more than an hour at a time and if you're doing any kind of activity, it cannot be farther than one kilometer from your house. So it is pretty strict, but the idea is to you know, discourage people. And it's definitely worked in my case. <laughs> you know, uh, Paris is very densely populated. I mean, the city of Paris is pretty compact, but we have about 2.2 million people, not counting people in the suburbs, of course. Mm-hmm. But, you know, my neighborhood is one of the, uh, you know, most densely populated. So I go out, and it doesn't necessarily feel like there's a lockdown. I'm like, there are way too many people, you know. <laughs> it kind of scares me. Yeah. When I went shopping, I had um, I had wipes, uh, with me for uh, for the cart in the supermarket and I've of course brought my uh, hand gel you know I mean I'm not taking any risks you know I could go out and honestly I feel like I'm a little bit in prison Parisian apartments are generally small mine is no exception um, yes I do have a window even two of them but you know <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't have a balcony um, my windows face a courtyard so I can you know wave hello to my lovely neighbors which actually we've done a little bit <laughs> but you know um, i really do miss being outside and i love paris in spring especially so it's tough but it's just you know some people i feel are acting like this is an assault on their personal freedom it's not you know there is a deadly virus going on and we just have to you know stay confined and the you know hope that this is contained as soon as possible so that life can go back to normal and that includes League one, of course, because it's really tough for somebody who watches every game to, watch to that goes to every home game to all of a sudden not have it at all. It's I think people listening can totally relate, you know. I mean, how many of you are missing League one? I mean, raise your hand. I think everybody just raised their hand, yeah. right?
0: Just sports in general. Like, <laughs> I was watching axe throwing the other day. Like, just something competitive, like... There's no sports, and I don't know. I guess we'll just podcast something to pass mm-hmm. the time. I mean, it's it's been rough, and yeah. it's interesting yeah. to hear you talk about you know paperwork and and what you're allowed to leave the house for here in the United States. I still get the sense that at least in some places in New York, obviously it's been really hard hit, and you can't really leave the house. But like where mm-hmm. I live in Tennessee, you know, people are just carrying on like it's their normal day. Like yeah. just you, I could go anywhere I want. I mean, some of the stores may be closed, but I don't need paperwork mm-hmm. or anything like that. I Can go to the grocery store. It seems like we need to do a lot more of what France and Paris are doing. Really lock things down to control uh, I, this.
1: I, I I tend to agree with that. Um, I think the reason the government here cracked the whip on people is that uh, that weekend before the lockdown was introduced, people were out and about as if nothing was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, they were going on with their typical French or Parisian life, which, by the way, I love. You know, mm-hmm. sitting in cafes, doing apéro with your friends. Uh, sign me up. You yeah. know. But there was no social distancing, you know. Uh, and and the thing is, um, we don't really know who is carrying the virus. You may not have symptoms and and be contagious. So that's one of the reasons I'm just staying put, staying home, and really going out just to just to get groceries. I feel like, um, you know, when you when you see things on the news or hear about things just like with any other disasters, as long as it doesn't hit you, it just doesn't feel real. But this is really starting to feel real. Um, In the past few days, I just talked to two, two friends of mine who believe they have the virus. It hasn't been confirmed, but check this out. One of them got tested. The test came back negative, but he was told by the healthcare providers that these tests are not very reliable, that about 30% of the time you get a false negative. So he was ordered to self-quarantine. The other person was down with the, uh, with the fever for 10 days. So it doesn't seem like a regular flu. Again, this is not something that was confirmed, but they both uh, believe that this is really what's happening to them. And it may or may not be, but chances are, they have it. It's just their immune system luckily is strong enough to fight it. But I don't want to be one of the people to to have this kind of, you know, fever for a few days, especially if I live alone, it's it's hard to get, you know, the groceries or whatever. So I'm not risking anything. I I think people really need to start taking this more seriously.
0: What are the stores like? Because I believe it was Tiago Silva's wife claimed that, you know, the stores are empty. She can't get any groceries in. And that's why they flew back to Brazil. And they just so happened to have a nice, very nice home there with a pool that she also mentioned. So what do you think about some of the players who have left uh, France? And then also, what are the stores like?
1: Well, let's start with the stores. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not fully equipped, so to speak. Um, it's um, so I've been I've been out twice. Once before the lockdown, once during, and. It's better now when it comes to like toilet paper, paper towels, soap. I still haven't seen hand sanitizer anywhere. Yeah. Um, a lot of the non-perishables, like pasta or rice, are gone from the shelves. Um, or the items that are left are the kind of higher-end items. So, yes, you can get most of the stuff that you would normally get, but you pay the premium for that. So, yeah, you go, and it kind of looks like, you know... Uh, what I remember from communism in Poland in the late 80s, you know. So yeah, you do get that. The stores get restocked, but not as often as they used to. So, you know, in a way, um, it's hard for me to blame the players for leaving, especially if they can be uh, in self-quarantine in their houses with their families, but again, Mm -hmm. You know, I, I hope they, before they left, they got a chance to be tested because I don't know if they took their private jets or what, but if you're around people, you really have to be careful. You know, so on the one hand, I don't blame them because we are on pretty strict lockdown here Yeah. Um, and they can be with their families, but I just hope they took all the precautions that they could.
0: What did you make, I don't know if you saw this story, but the Cardi family, they went to, I believe it was the Lombardy region in Italy, which is experienced just mass casualties from the coronavirus and they went to their um kind of compound there in lake como and uh, maxi lopez who's the ex-husband of wanda icardi basically blasted her um for taking their three kids from their from their marriage you know into pretty much this den of coronavirus <laughs> and uh, obviously they're kind of secluded in their own little compound there but what do you think about that situation do you do you kind of side with the the ex husband who's mad that they took the children to this place um or do you think that hey, if they took all the precautions, they're allowed to go wherever they want
1: well i th- I think not not knowing much about their dynamic you know between the former couple yeah. and everything I have to side with with the, the father yeah um, imagine if these were your kids and and your ex was taking them to the hot spot for for the virus i I would be freaked out big time you know i don't know why she made this decision you know this is between them but i would i would not go i would stay away in fact i have um a couple of uh, italian friends who live here in paris and uh, they canceled their trips to to see their family in italy and i think it's for a good reason yeah
0: Yeah, i think just traveling in general if you wanted some you know traveled to italy probably should have done that a few weeks ago right now seems like a really poor time to take young children you know from country to country yeah. it seems like a, a poor decision and
1: also for the adults too um uh, given that you know one of the reasons uh, that italy has this high mortality rate is that they have um aging population mm-hmm. um and from what i've read so you're putting yourself at risk, too, and you're putting these old people at risk, too. I, I, I would be really careful. Perhaps there are some reasons that I don't know about why she took the kids. I don't want to judge people's um, actions because there may be something I don't know about. Sure, yeah. um, maybe I can imagine that as a mother, you want to take all the precautions and you know, and you want to do what's best for your kids. Um I wouldn't travel, but maybe again, like I said, maybe she had her reasons. Uh, but as as the dad, <laughs> yeah. I would be freaked out. Stay away from Italy for now. Unfortunately, um, it it pains me to say that it's one of my favorite countries.
0: Yeah, he, he was quite upset. Sorry, go ahead.
1: Uh, yeah, I would not take the risk. Not yeah, it's it's gonna be a while um, before I travel, and also you know, um, I. I've done travel writing, Mm -hmm. so travel is one of my big passions, you know, there's travel and there's football, you know, they're very close. So for me to not be able to travel is really, really just gut-wrenching right now, but still stay home. Yeah,
0: they haven't always had a good relationship, uh, Wanda Cardi and Maxi Lopez, so this is just another chapter in their kind of feud back and
1: forth. Um, and uh, yeah. if there's any silver lining to this, it, it gives uh, the media something to write about. <laughs> so, so we, as fans, get some more football related news. <laughs> there
0: you go. Yeah, exactly. That was a fun little article yeah, to I, write.
1: I, I just hope they all stay uh, safe and, you know, yeah. and that goes for everybody. While
0: well, we're taking a quick water break, we wanted to share a great podcast with you from the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Welcome to the Podell and Piquel Show. I'm your host Garrett Podell. Alongside me is my co-host Jonathan Pickel. We're here to give you the real deal in sports and we have the best guests in the world of sports. We've had NFL Hall of Fame finalists, multiple Olympians, pro athletes across the NFL, MLB, and NBA as well as golf. Tune in to see who could be stopping by this week. And so the last time we saw PSG in competitive action was that game you mentioned against Dortmund. Um, a couple <laughs> quick thoughts from you on that match. And then the bigger picture is I think it came out today that the, the champions league is being postponed indefinitely. There's no date set. I think they, they said they would like to finish it, but no one really knows if it's going to resume. No one knows about Liga and when, whether that will resume. Um, they they think they said they want to try to finish it by June 30th, but I just don't see how that's going to happen. So A couple thoughts on the Dortmund win and then overall, what do you think is going to happen to this season? Do you think it's just going to be voided and we'll start fresh next season or do they have to finish it out? And then you have player contracts expiring and then a transfer window. There's so many moving parts. So do you have any thoughts on that?
1: Wow, I don't envy the uh, executives of League One and all the different teams (laughs) right now. They have decisions. I think, like I said before, the uh, lockdown in in France will be extended. Um, I think... I, I mean, can you imagine uh, playing playing some more games in May, perhaps? But it still seems pretty soon, May June, you know. Yeah. I, I think because because the league is losing so much money, um, I think they're gonna try, but I just don't see this being very likely. I think they might just fold the season, which is not bad for PSG right now. Yeah. <laughs> but um, all right, yeah, it's. I, I think right now it's hard to tell I'm thinking no just because I'm I'm assuming that you know this is gonna go on for more than several weeks um, it's of course a bummer for all of us here I just uh, you know auto renewed my tickets you know so it's um, um, it's it's kind of it's kind of sad you know so you see that email hey renew your tickets oh uh, yeah when am I gonna see the, the guys play <laughs> yeah. um, by the way, the the monthly payments, if you're on the payment plan right now with PSG, so far they're uh, they're postponed. Oh, so good. They're okay. not taking money from my account, so that was pretty cool. You know, um, so I guess I want to say I will not be surprised at all if League One just finishes as is. You know, mm. and what can you do about Champions League? Um, see um, that match in Dortmund. Honestly, I went. Um, into it, expecting the worst. Um, I don't believe in curses in sports (laughs) and anything like this. Um, But I just, with the injuries, you know, and um, having lost the, the first leg, I did not think that they might pull it off, especially playing in an empty stadium. That, seeing that was absolutely heartbreaking because football is supposed to be played in front of people. It's just Agreed. not the same. Yeah. Um, right. Um, I was happy to see that um, so many of the uh, supporters were outside and that you could hear them. That was great. And I think that really sent a signal to um, to the team, to the guys. Like, mm-hmm. hey, you know, they can not see us. We can't see them, but they're here. Um, of course, it was a little bit risky because at that time, you could still have, legally, you could still have gatherings of people up to a thousand people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, they changed that after that. <laughs> and far, what I was told, uh, the mayor, unfortunately, did not allow for um, big screens outside Yeah. Uh, for the fans. So they had, to, they had to somehow watch. Yeah, they were watching um, on their phones. The
0: like, they had the phone yeah. kind of propped up. Uh, they were cheering and everything. I mean, it was really like the scenes afterwards were... Phenomenal! Like Angel Di Maria yeah. with his shirt off and the fans down below with the flares. I mean, it just gives you chills watching it. I mean, just the images from that night will just live on forever. It was really a special night.
1: They were, um, I mean, it, it was such a thing of beauty seeing that uh, and the flares. Come on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, who doesn't like to see that? Yes. <laughs> um, it was, it was great, and, and just, just the fact that the players just went out there to connect with the, with the Ultras, with the supporters, you know. That's what it's about, you know. And it was such a big moment, having lost in, you know, um, trust me, my least... I love Spanish, but my least favorite word in it is remontada. If I ever mm. hear that word again, <laughs> I'll scream. I'm going to so bleep that out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the R word. Yeah. yeah, So so it was just, it really felt like a special night. Um, it really did Uh, I was watching this actually um, on a beach in Martinique
0: (laughs) (laughs) no big deal (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was just like, you know, it, it was sunny, and all of a sudden it, it started raining a little bit, but there was a double rainbow. I was like, okay, oh, okay. okay. if a double rainbow doesn't say PSG is going to win this game, I don't know what will, you know. <laughs>
0: yeah Well, if the competition yeah. ever starts up again, you have to go back to Martinique because that's, you know, good luck now. So, unfortunately, you have to go back to the beach.
1: <laughs> oh wow! Well, you know, uh, I don't know how I'm gonna handle that. Yeah, but <laughs> you gotta do what you gotta do, take, right? Take one for the team. <laughs> yeah. So, um, just going back to that game, you know, um, I was not happy with some of the behaviors on the pitch mm. uh, by Dortmund and there have been some sanctions, so not surprising. Uh, one thing that really bumps me out is uh, Di Maria. Mm. He's gonna miss the next game, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, because he uh, picked up a, a yellow during the fight towards the end, so he will be suspended uh, for the first yeah. leg, yeah, in the quarterfinals.
1: And I get it, emotions run high and all that, but it was like the, the worst possible moment. He was already on the bench, like, chill out, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not worth it. At this time, it's not worth it, and we're, I think we're, if uh, if Champions League resumes, we're gonna really miss him in that next match. So yeah. to me, that that's you know, it, it, it was great. Yes, it was a victory. We finally you know went farther than before, but all of a sudden it's like oh shit, you
0: know. I know, hundred percent. I mean, we do have Pablo Sarabia, and he could probably step in and do a good job, um, mm-hmm. but. Di Maria has been really spectacular for him this season. Um, it does seem, I kind of agree with you that the there's so many more games that need to be played in, in league on that the season doesn't look like it'll be finished, but then you wonder, well, what about relegation and promotion and qualification to Champions League and Europa League next season? I, it is just a mess. So if they do void it, I don't know how they, do they just freeze the table where it is and sorry about your luck and move on or do you i don't know what they would do but it seems like the champions league is the tournament because there are fewer games that you need to play seems like that may be able to be completed this summer Mm -hmm. so maybe that's what they're thinking
1: yeah i I feel like that's the likely scenario league one will will stop where it's at now Mm
0: -hmm.
1: champions league um i think because of the scale of it and the money involved in it yeah advertising rights imagine all that uh, from you know the sales and marketing perspective, you know the, the executives there are not having uh, a lot of sleep. I don't think. So I, I think there's a chance that they're going to at least try to do everything they can to still hold it. Uh, it could be empty stadiums. They mm-hmm. could make some arrangements. You know. Yeah, it's. I, I agree with you. It's. It's a very likely scenario.
0: I mean, maybe even play the games in a country that maybe hasn't been as hard hit. I know Africa hasn't been. That impacted by the coronavirus. Um, South Africa ho- hosted the World Cup. There's plenty of stadiums there. I don't know. Maybe they're looking at potential of mm-hmm. uh, just leaving the continent of Europe altogether to finish out these games. Um, which yeah. it would be really disappointing because I, I really felt like with Liverpool going out and several other big clubs going out that this could really be PSG's year to win the the cup. But, right. <laughs>
1: and then <laughs> you mean, know they just continue probably, to be cursed. Yeah. yeah I, Again, I don't like curses, but you know what? Maybe like I'll be a believer after this because come on. (laughs) Yeah,
0: it's so frustrating. But hopefully we can (laughs) obviously everyone's health is is most important but hopefully we can get these games because you know it would just be so uplifting as everyone's dealing with this to be able to to come together like we saw in the scenes after the Dortmund match come together and be able to watch these games and support our team I think it would really lift up everyone's spirits because I don't know about you but this for the last month I've just been really down just seeing all the heartbreak and people losing their jobs and everything it's just it's really terrible and hopefully we can have a little bit of a bright spot in some football matches coming up here shortly
1: yeah, for sure. I mean, I've been going through major football withdrawals. Yeah. <laughs> it's not good. It's not good. <laughs> it's not good. Well, everyone
0: <laughs> no. everyone is, is in their house, obviously, and there's no football to watch, but you were telling me that there's something on Netflix that you've been watching that you wanted to share that maybe other PSG fans and football fans may enjoy, so you want to talk about that a little bit?
1: Yeah, sure, and uh, this was actually uh, recommended to me by another PSG supporter. Uh, the show is called The English Game, okay. and um, I... Binge watched it um, this week um, because it just came out a few days ago. Um, this this is a mi- mini series with six episodes, and it takes place in the late nineteenth century in uh, England and Scotland. When uh, at a time when football was an amateur g- game for the aristocracy, for students and graduates of the, some of the best schools like Eton College, mm-hmm. um, and at that time. there was more and more interest in the game um, among the working class, for example, mill workers. Mm -hmm. And this is exactly what the series focuses on. It was created by the same guy who had created Downton Abbey. So if that's not your thing, (laughs) I'm afraid you're going to see a lot of that in here too. It's like Downton Abbey meets football. Um, Mm -hmm. So yes, you're going to have some family drama and you're going to have some of the fancy dinners and the upstairs, downstairs kind of social class divisions. But on the level of football, and since there's nothing we can watch unless we want to watch all YouTube videos or old matches, which, by the way, uh, the PSG TV is free at the moment, right? Yes. Um, yeah. Right. So that's a cool thing. But if, if you're still hungry for football, go ahead and watch it. Um, because Julian Fellows, the creator. He's he's known for historical accuracy. He wants to make sure that he portrays things uh, the way they were. Of course, there was a little bit of creative license.
0: Yeah, of course.
1: But, yeah, but the two characters... Um, uh, are real, and most of their story is real. Um, so the idea here is, you're gonna see how this game started changing once you had more people interested in it. So at first, um, you know, it, it was a no-no to, play, to pay to play. Uh, you know, this was illegal and you could be um, totally disqualified from the FA Cup uh, for that. But that started happening, of course. Um, you're going to see um, how everybody was just uh, going after the ball. There wasn't really so much strategy as there is now. Um, midfielders were called, uh, I think, halfbacks. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's fun to see from, from that standpoint of like, how strategy was evolving, how the rules of the game were evolving, and how it was funny that you had um, guys from one team who were also on the board of directors of the FA uh, of the football association, making decisions. It's kind of like, uh, like Nasser on the
0: bo- <laughs> some board at UEFA or something like that. Yeah,
1: what some, things possibly- <laughs> <laughs> some things never change. Some things never change. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. But there were some good lines. Um, you know, uh, the, 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 the aristocrats—they were trying to pretend uh, to preserve what they thought of their game. It was their game. They did not want. They, they were seeing the movement within the working class as stealing their game. Um, And I think, well, there were some people, some characters in the show and in real life that saw the future. that the game was unstoppable. That it was going to expand globally. And that um, people had to get paid because um, a lot of the aristocrats they didn't have jobs. They had enough time to train and play better. So that was not really fair play. Um, a lot of the working class guys they worked in you know very demanding physical jobs. So they didn't have enough time to play. So you could at least pay them <laughs> yeah. for the extra motivation. But still, there's this underlying thing a uh, theme in the TV show that whether you get paid or not, whether you're uh, you know. Born into the aristocracy or not, you know what unites you is the passion for the game. That moment when you when you score, that moment when your team scores, and how, how much it means to people, no matter no matter what. And and to me, watching that was like that's it. You know that that is the beautiful game, the global game. So you know a little Downton Abbey, um, but there's there's some good stuff. And my favorite part of this was I think um, how it came to be that we have you know jerseys you know mm. the merchandise you know and there was a line in the show like wait this football is, is not a business it's a game i'm like wow yeah. <laughs> how things change Absolutely. but um i think the good thing about the show is that it doesn't really judge um should the game be kept pure you know no business or is there something wrong with business how much is too much those things so um If you can do a Netflix party with your people, with your friends and watch it and have a discussion, I definitely recommend that for for the time being. (laughs)
0: Yeah, from your description, it sounds like it it really explains why the English really hate PSG and Neymar. You know, he came working class, he gets paid (laughs) a lot of money, you know, comes in. Who does this guy think he is? So um, I've only made it through one, the first episode of the series, and uh, there's been no Neymar bashing, but I I expect that that'll come later on in the series.
1: (laughs) I'll just have to let you watch and see, you know. I I I, I no spoiler. Alerts. Yeah, no
0: spoilers. <laughs> um it is going to be interesting mentioning Netflix. We know that Neymar is working with Netflix on some kind of documentary about his life this season yeah. and then PSG is also working with Amazon um who are documenting this season and it's going to be really interesting if there's no more football this year how do they tie that up and it'll be kind of a really interesting season to watch them kind of build up to this crescendo against Dortmund and then coronavirus no football it's gonna be really interesting to see how they tie that all together in a storyline
1: yeah uh i mean if they can work remotely to finish that you know. <laughs> this is true
0: well i know there was a i don't know if you're a basketball fan but there was like a big yeah. eight part michael jordan documentary you're from chicago so you know um but they they've actually moved up that release date um so i was wondering mm-hmm. if they would do that with the psg documentary maybe move it up so we can Maybe hurry up and edit so we can have something to watch because we're all starting to go a little crazy here without football.
1: About basketball, I actually played on the team for five years, so uh, I was a big basketball fan. Um, Of course, I grew up idolizing the Chicago Bulls. So I heard the news about The Last Dance, the documentary, Michael Jordan, Cannot Wait. I think it's coming out April 19th, if I'm not mistaken. About the PSG one, that would be great. Um, Yeah, Um, Hurry
0: up. Yes. Yes, Something to watch. But the English (laughs) game sounds great, so we'll take that. um, We'll take whatever we can get at this point. Well, Paula, we we only wanted to keep you for about 30 minutes here, and we just went over that time. So I just wanted to thank you so much for chiming in and, and letting us know what life is like in Paris and sharing your thoughts on football the little bit that we have to talk about and sharing the netflix recommendation really appreciate your time and and please be safe there in paris and and check in and hopefully this will be all over soon but if not we'll have to catch up with you again and get
1: an update yeah everybody you know stay watching whatever you can stay healthy and uh thanks so much for having me over again this was my second podcast so uh and as always all
0: right thank you
1: cheers take care